listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. And I'm on a little road trip visiting Dan here in his hometown. So once again, you're always joined by Bob and Dan. Dan, what's going on, man? What up? Hey, thanks for having me down at uh, your hometown for the weekend, yeah. man. Yeah, welcome, man. Thanks for coming down. It was a uh, heck of a weekend. Yeah, nice so cherry on top here. Yeah, so uh, brought the equipment down uh, to Dan's home uh, this weekend. Uh, as you saw on Twitter and Instagram, we went to the Smashing Pumpkins concert and had a good time uh, just touring the city. So, Dan, what's your uh, favorite pumpkin song that you heard last night? Uh, tonight, tonight. Yeah, I mean that's that's just one of those classic songs. I think everybody knows, and uh, it was pretty neat to actually see it played live with. Most of the original Smashing Pumpkins and to see actually Billy Corgan stand up there and sing live was pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, I was pumped too that I got to see Zero. That's uh, my favorite song and he did it pretty early uh, in on the set list. So it was good to sort of get it going there immediately. So it was a fun time. We had a good time and then a good two mile walk to <laughs> go visit some friends. <laughs> what, what was your... Like, what was your big takeaway from the show? Like, what was the one thing that you were surprised by seeing this band live that we've, you know, been fans of for, like, since we were probably in sixth grade, so. Yeah, I think the most surprising thing was how good Billy Corgan is on guitar. I think we talked about that. Absolutely. It actually, you started, like, getting blown away. Like, wow, he really does all of the lead guitar, pretty much, and, yeah, it, and a lot of the solos. It is. Sh- it was shocking to me to kind of actually see him play live i guess i didn't really know how kind of integral he was to the actual kind of guitar parts of those songs i mean he shredded last night it was awesome yeah it was a lot of fun very impressive yeah we had some fun stuff uh this week on twitter and instagram just uh about the concert just a little deviation from talking fantasy football so i just wanted to to get that out there and, and share some of what we did this weekend. Um, but Dan, uh, before we get into the show, one thing I do want to publicize is something cool happened this week. Uh, we became affiliates with the Fantasy Football. Yeah. And so you'll find a link in the description um, if you want to help support us. Um, we have an offer to get their Ultimate Draft Kit, which uh, I personally used for the past couple of years. You've, to get done, prepared. you've used this thing pretty much since you've started like really going after fantasy football championships hardcore. I mean, this is the tool that you use, I'd say, not not most of the time, all the time, to kind of make your decisions and plan for your draft. Yeah, it's my primary tool of use to get prepared for the draft. They do a lot of updating, and we're proud to be affiliates with them. So once again, if you want to support us, uh, you can buy their draft kit through... Uh, a link that will help uh, the Not Takes guys and, and support us as we build the show. So wanted to get that out there uh, that we're very excited to to be affiliated with uh, probably some of the best in the business. Yeah, so. awesome, awesome. The other thing is is that you just don't use this. Everyone we know pretty much uses it. Uh, I know old Craig, he cool. uses it. Uh, so it is a great tool. It's a great asset. Uh, I can't say enough about how helpful it is in terms of getting you ready for your draft and preparing you to kind of win your league. So uh, check it out, and uh, we appreciate the uh, support. And, uh, you know, guys, definitely check this thing out. It's worth it for sure. Yeah, so that brings up a good segue. So today on the show, we're going to be covering uh, a lot of important news from the first full week of uh, preseason football. And by important news, you mean injury news, right? Yeah, it was it was a rough <laughs> week uh, for some people that uh, we were targeting here in the drafts. And then... Jeez. Um, after that, we're going to cover just a, a preview of our live drafts. So our uh, draft league for our League of Record um, is next weekend. So we're just going to preview Finally something. Finally here. Yeah, it feels like it's taken forever to get here. And now that it's here, everybody's getting excited. Yeah, I know. It's 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 right on the horizon. You can see it coming. Uh, finally, I'll be able to actually see how this keeper pans out for me. So Yeah, so we'll talk about uh, just what we do to make the draft fun. We'll talk about players we're fading and warming up to as the draft gets near. Um, just discuss a little bit about keepers, uh, share our keepers for the League of Record and why we did uh, keep those players. And then just some tips on how we plan for the draft uh, and attack the draft as it's going on live. So 
a lot of content to get into, but first let's cover uh, the important news, and I think we want to start with running back Darius <laughs> Geis. So, Dan, why don't you share uh, what happened this week with Darius Geis? Yeah, it was just kind of a, uh, a developing story over a period of two days. Uh, so in his preseason game, uh, he had actually a pretty decent showing. I mean, the one of the runs he had, he kind of ripped it for a nice gain and uh, kind of came up limping and was taken out of the game and didn't go back. And initially it came out, the news was he's getting an MRI the next day and suspected just MCL sprain. Okay, no big deal. Uh, probably not going to play the rest of the preseason. Maybe that drops his kind of draft value a little bit because he's not getting the reps in with the new team. And then the... Uh, the nuclear bomb got dropped. <laughs> yeah, so Darius Geis, ACL surgery, out for the season. So, Gone! Yeah, I mean, that was tough because he was going somewhere in the fourth to fifth round uh, yeah. from what I was seeing. So people had a lot of high hopes. With... He's, and in your dynasty draft, if you're doing just straight rookies, he's the number two running back off the board every single time. It was Barkley Geis, Barkley Geis. I mean, that was not even a question about who you took after you took San Juan, because obviously you're taking San Juan, number one. Yep. Uh, but this guy now, completely off the radar. I mean, if you're in a redraft league, you know, don't Not even, even touching him. Not even touching him. So with that in mind, Dan, uh, Coach Jay Gruden doesn't expect to add another running back with Geis out. Um, is there Does anybody... Does that surprise you a little bit? I, I wonder if they were going to possibly kick the treads on DeMarco. See sure. if he would come out of retirement with the chance to to really start. Because my question to you is, is there anybody on that team that you even like in the running back position? And that's a great point, Bob. I, I mean, why not give DeMarco a shot? He was in the league last year. He was looking around to try to get on a team this year. Uh, why not see, hey, are you interested in coming back? I mean, it's still so early in the preseason that I feel like he can get himself up to speed a little bit. And is there somebody there that I like? I mean, so you've got Samaj P. Ryan, Rob <laughs> Kelly, Chris Thompson, who was electric last year, but he's always hurt. Right. So and the and the thing is, is that Gruden has already said, like we Chris Thompson has a role on this team, and we all know what the role is. It's a third bound back passing situation stuff, uh, and that's what they're limiting him to. They're not looking to kind of up his carries or get him more involved in the offense because he's so good at what he already does. So it basically now is falling down to P. Ryan, who. Last year, people were excited about him. They thought that, you know, he was going to come in the league and give them a nice rushing attack and give them a chance to kind of move the ball down the field on the ground, a nice, like, counterweight to Kirk Cousins in the passing game. And he really didn't come through with that. He didn't have as good of a season as people expected. I mean, he wasn't on the radar, really, fantasy-wise. And you got Rob Kelly... Who, you know, he has had good games in the past. Uh, you yeah, know that I've, very well. Yeah, uh, he basically elimin <laughs> eliminated me from playoffs. Uh, yeah, not last year, but the year before. Very well. Thanks, Green Bay, for not stopping him whatsoever. <laughs> but, I mean, now you've got a new quarterback, new offense. Your playmaker in the running game is now down for the season. So you're going back to kind of start with Pete Ryan and Rob Kelly. I mean, I think they're worth late round flyers just to see if they hit yep. but i would i would i draft p ryan where i was drafting guys not a chance yeah. no way not doing it so you prefer p ryan over rob kelly at this point without knowing too much more on uh... just because i think p ryan probably has the bigger upside uh p's younger i mean he's it's only the second season in the league uh rob kelly's been around for a long time i think p ryan will probably get more carries between the 20s where Kelly, I see him, he's kind of a bigger bruising back, getting more goal line carries. Um, but either, I mean, I, I'm not excited for them in terms of draft status or anything like that fantasy-wise. You're talking double digits sure. on any of them, even Chris Thompson. Sure. I mean, he was pretty darn good last year, but once again, I don't know if you can really trust them, so you don't want to put that early investment in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I was actually kind of rising on Chris Thompson before the Geist injury because he's got that big play potential. And he's also good in the checkdown game. So I feel like Alex Smith, that kind of plays off his talents a little bit, where he likes to be. Uh, but I agree. I mean, I'm not going 
where I was going with Geis. And, man, he looked so good in those first couple of plays that if you had him on your dynasty draft already, you were starting to feel pretty good about it, and then this just took all the wind out of your sails yeah. right away. Yeah, it was unfortunate because, uh, like we said, there was high hopes for him. So I think we want to cover two other rookie running backs uh, that – Everybody has hopes for, and seems like they produce. So first is Royce Freeman. Uh, looks like he had four carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, really one of the lone bright spots uh, in the first half for the Broncos. Uh, he had reps with the first team, scored his touchdown against backups. But, I mean, really he's only got Devontae Booker to worry about. So I personally think he's going to be starting sooner than later, if not right from the get-go. Yeah, and Booker was the starter. He came out as the starter. Uh, so I think... It seems to me maybe they're giving him kind of the early lead in terms of uh, if you can prove it, let's see what you got. Uh, but I think as the stats show, Freeman came in and had just a better game. He looked a little bit better. Uh, so I would not be shocked that if you ex- have drafted Royce Freeman, uh, that he makes the jump over Booker at some point this season. If not, is the opening day start. He absolutely could be, depending on how well his preseason kind of play goes from here yeah uh, i'm wondering if now the position to start targeting him is sixth seventh round somewhere in that range because uh you probably have an established back maybe even two at that point Mm -hmm. you probably got your wide receivers set is this the person that you target maybe as you're running back three possible flex solution uh knowing what we know right now later in the preseason if he shows that he's taking over that's going to jump up yeah it's going to drive it through the roof the other thing is is that if you've already have the uh, your number one back and your number two back set, you can kind of wait a little bit and see what happens with Royce Freeman. You can you don't necessarily need to have him sitting there ready to play right away. I mean, you might not even need him to a bye week, uh, which would be nice because then you can see how things develop and, uh, you know, just let him sit there and marinate on the bench a little. <laughs> let it simmer. Yeah. <laughs> and then another running back we want to cover, uh, which would give hope to the Detroit Lions, who haven't had a really good runner in a very long time, was uh, running running back on Johnson finished his day with seven carries for 34 yards. And what I like here is four catches for 33 yards. Right. So he was involved in both facets yep. of the game. Uh, looked impressive from everything that, that we saw. Um, you know, LeGarrette Blunt's going to have a role, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets shifted to more of a, a goal line role. And I think it's carrying on Johnson's team. Um, you know, right here in the notes from Roto World, exploded upfield for a 57-yard run. Gain, yeah. It was negated, but it flashed the the big playability that he has as well. And for like our league, where we would uh, give a bonus for a 50-yard run, uh, plays like that would definitely open your eyes yeah. for sure. I think the the interesting thing is is coming into this season, we talked about this before. There's never been so much hype about a rookie running back class. And now you're actually see them in the games playing, getting touches and seeing what they can do. And they're producing. I mean, they're doing a nice job. I mean, we, we didn't really plan on talking about San Juan, but first play from scrimmage. <laughs> you know what I mean? You the saw 39 exactly, yard run. 39 just... yard run right off the rip. I yeah, mean, one you, you saw what you're getting with him, which is stud. A, a first round stud draft pick, right? And I was like, I can't believe this guy's a rookie. He's going in the first round above established like players. pick five, right? Pick six, somewhere in that range. After that, seeing that, I'm like, okay, I'm fine with it now. Like, yeah. I, I hope if he somehow, some way falls to me, I'm drafting him. We talked about this yesterday. If Sam Quan makes it to me, I'm taking him. I can't pass it up. The value's too good, uh, and I'm ex- I would be excited after seeing him kind of play um, in the preseason game. Yeah, and I mean, that's what you saw at Penn State, too, when he just dominated the Big Ten and really yep. everybody that he played. But to see him, if I remember correctly, sort of went right middle, cut it outside, and then just turned on the Jets for right. a monster gain. It's like, well, yep. There it is. That's that's what we can look forward to. Yeah. And you know he's going to be involved in the pass game, so any points for receptions, you're going to get production there out of him. So. Really, yeah, the rookie running backs, I mean, I feel bad for, for Geis because I think he could also have produced in a big way. Absolutely. But, you know, outside of Barkley, where you know you're having to do a mid-first round draft pick, uh, Freeman, Johnson, looked impressive. I mean, yep. that you could target as, you know, if you want to wait on your running backs as your RB2 or definite flex options that, like you said, just hold them and let's see what happens. And 
Uh, definitely players that, that I'm going to be taking a hard look at around 6th, 7th round, somewhere I, in that I range. think at this point, if I was going to kind of rank them in terms of who I liked the most, um, Geis would have probably been number two had not the injury occurred. So he's out. Yep. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, it's going to go probably Barkley and then carry on Johnson. Yep. I really like him, and I really like him in that offense. And you really got a chance to see what he could do. And if he gives Stafford any kind of a running game that people actually have to be concerned about, because they weren't concerned about that last year. No. You weren't really worried about Amir Abdullah going off uh, on you from the ground attack perspective. Now, with this guy, maybe you are, which makes the play action better, which makes those long balls look better. Marvin Jones could get time to get loose, and yeah, the... The uh, corners and will bite on it. I mean, Golden Tate and then Smooth Kenny G, Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kenny. I, I they finally will have kind of that dual threat offense that Stafford will kind of shine in. I think because uh, we know he's got the long arm. We know he likes to go long. Um, if the people have to be concerned about the rushing attack or at least respect it a little bit. Big things down the field for sure for Marvin Jones and those other guys we just talked about. Yep. And then just one last one, uh, just because it had some implications for our dynasty team. Deion Kane, who was a six-round uh, draft pick for the <laughs> uh, Indy Colts. Um, there were big news that he was starting to shine and had a yep. real shot maybe at that uh, wide receiver two position for Indy. Uh, also suffered an ACL injury, so he's out for the year. So any dynasty league players, uh, we feel your pain because uh, we yeah, also... Yeah, we had that guy go down. Yep. So just... Uh, uh, a lot of unfortunate injuries for players that were starting to get hyped up. So um, we'll keep covering the news now that we're getting very close to the season. And, uh, us- and usually news is who got hurt. I mean, that's the news these days, unfortunately. But the two other, I think, rookie running backs that people talk about or at least were on the radar fantasy-wise, uh, Nick Chubb from the Browns. Oh, yep, sorry. yep, Didn't really have that great of a game. Um, but, you know... It was maybe because of who he was then there with, uh, just maybe, you know, off game or something like that. But boy, did Baker Mayfield look pretty good, huh? Yeah, and so did Tyrod. I mean, they both yeah. hooked up with David Njoku, who you talked about right? in our Sleepers and Bust That looks pretty good on that one, for sure. Yeah, two touchdowns <laughs> from him. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's where, if you want to wait on tight end, that could be a guy to target if he's going to get involved, especially in the red zone. I mean, he looked, Njoku looked like every bit the athletic freak that we expect him to to look like. Yep. Uh, I mean, the long ball that he caught from Tyrod. I mean, that was some that was sweet poetry in motion, baby. I mean, seeing that made me realize why I'm such a big Ninjoku fan. Yep. And uh, you know that offense looked pretty good. I mean, if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I see that my first string offense come out, do that, see Tyrod go what nine for nine, uh, for like bunch of yards and a touchdown first drive like thank you yeah i'll take that yeah and that's one of the things we put on twitter um you know after the first couple uh, of games is you know what are your thoughts from last night's preseason action mine was first one brown's offense could be legit right saquon is the truth we talked about him yeah juju could actually produce at his draft capital i know there was some concerns about how high he was going but he basically mossed the dude and took it to the yeah. house for and a month. Yeah, and then did a, did a backflip. Yeah. Oh, that was so awesome. Yep, and then it was just good to see Andrew Luck play. Yeah. Just in general, because uh, that arm injury was concerning, even for him. He even uh, voiced some concerns about it long term. Well, that was the other thing, is that when we talk about kind of people who we are fading on, or people who are trying to, starting to kind of, uh, you know, who we're starting to target, uh, after seeing Luck come out and play relatively well like pretty darn good ty hilton i think is starting to be on everyone's radar if he isn't yet he needs to be yeah so dan actually let's segue to that right now so that covers a lot of the news but i think we're getting to a point now where let's talk about players that maybe we're starting to warm up to and uh, maybe have us going (laughs) or (laughs) so players that we are starting to warm up uh and target on the draft dan who are some that you're starting to warm up to? Uh, so we're just going to start with running backs. Um, really, we talked a lot about them. It's those rookies. So the rookies are starting to uh, really uh, show why they're worth the positions that I was kind of shocked that they were being taken at. 
I mean, they're getting probably like fifth, sixth round, where last year Kamara was not even drafted. Um, but I think with what Kamara did last season, now people are saying, well, if there's enough hype about him, I'm going to take him early because I don't want to miss out on those guys. So, uh, well, not Barkley, no, not guys, because those guys aren't going to be there anymore. Yep. But really, carry on Johnson. That's the one guy that when he is... He's heating up! Exactly. Uh, when, he's, <laughs> when he's coming around to me, like, in the fifth, sixth round, uh, I am... I'll probably jump on him at that point because, I, like you said, I'll have two backs hopefully stacked at that point, uh, and I'm going with somebody who I think has the biggest upside and probably carry on Johnson would probably be number one at this point for me, barring any injury for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, and uh, let me pull up. Just I'm, I'm going to launch the fantasy football calculator, a tool that we like to use for um, just ADP checks. Um, and while that's loading, I'm going to give you – um, a running back that I'm really warming up with, one out with a little, you know, head injury, but I think it was just precautionary. Sure. Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. Um, Good I, point. Looked impressive. Uh, caught a pass and took it in, rolled over somebody to get into the end zone uh, on their preseason game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to have the chance to be the lead back. I'm not really concerned about Bilal Powell um, really at all. He's had his chance, and I think they would have given it to him mm-hmm. and not invested in Crowell. Uh, Crowell was somebody I think people were really warming up to last year, and he just disappointed. Um, but, I mean, anybody that has the chance to be the lead running back and you Getting can get Guaranteed late. touches. Yeah, right now he's going six pick of the ninth round based on 10-team half-point uh, PPR. And your guy, Carrion, is back of the seventh round. Right. So, I mean... To get possible starting running backs that can produce that late in the draft uh, can really help make a difference for your team as either a flex or possibly running back, too, for your team. Yeah, and the other thing with him is people forget that he was a 1,000-yard rusher in Cleveland. (laughs) So, I mean, now he's going to an offense that's, I mean, we don't really know what to expect out of there because we really don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Josh McCown is solid. Um, but are they going to give the rook the chance to start right away? Uh, if that's the ch- if that's the way it goes, I think you probably stack the box against the run game, which will make things more difficult for Crowell. You make the rookie try to beat you through the air. Um, but I think that's a great point. I mean, he did look he looked so solid in that preseason game for sure, uh, and he's definitely a guy who can put up some some nice numbers. And if he's getting <laughs> if he's going where you're saying he is. Man, that's a real bargain for a guy who is expected to be a, a starter, uh, even though it's the Jets. Uh, you know, I, I, that's a great pick. Someone I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about until you brought it up right now. Yeah, just seeing him play, I, I thought he looked good and, and was a guy that I, uh, sort of opened my eyes a little bit. So uh, let me give you a wide receiver I'm warming up to, Dan. I'm really warming up to Marquise Goodwin. I yes! Know we talked a lot about... I was about... on that hype train all year last year. Yep, you were, man. And uh, I was thinking Pierre Garçon would just come right in and assume the one. Mm-hmm. But everything that you're reading and watching, it looks like it's Goodwin at, at the one. Yep. I mean, he's going to be the wide receiver one for that team. And he's looked very impressive. And, and <laughs> wow, this is actually pretty stunning. Uh, you know, I, I assume this is going to go up. But right now, uh, based on the fantasy football calculator, he's going seventh pick of the tenth round in yeah, ten team leagues. Really late for somebody who has the potential to put up the numbers that he can. The other thing is, is like last year when Jimmy G first got to San Francisco, he and Goodwin had a bunch of really nice games together. Yep. And he was somebody who I had heard some hype about and was sitting there on the waiver wire. And I grabbed him, and he became a week-to-week starter for me. And I love that pick. Uh, I would feel, I mean, he's going, what round did you say again? Tenth round, seventh pick, based on ten-team drafts, which is what we normally play. I mean, (laughs) you're you're going, I mean, I'd take him when he's available to me. Uh, I'd go with him in as early as the eighth round, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a guy who I think you can count on to be a week-to-week starter. And if he's going that late, uh, that's a real bargain. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, 49ers (laughs) official website called Goodwin, bona fide number one wide receiver. So somebody I'm I'm rising on quickly. Dan, is there a wide receiver you're you're starting to rise on? 
Yeah, and I talked about him already. T.Y. Yeah. It's T.Y. I mean... Yeah, as you can see on my notes... T.Y. Hilton right there. He was listed as well. Yep. I mean, he's going in... Yeah, let me find let me find it for you. Yep, right. Find it for you. Right now, still a value to me. Seventh pick of the third round. Yeah, that's a value. That's a a Greg value. You got to remember, two years ago, with luck healthy, he led the league in receiving yards. Right. So you can get a wide receiver, true wide receiver one, true blue, (laughs) at the third round, seventh pick in in a ten-team league. Like, so if I'm going, say I'm at the the number one spot. Right, and obviously, number one, I'm going one of those big-time backs, Gurley, Bell. I'm fine either way. It goes through that first round, comes back to you. If T.Y. is not off the board yet, I would be perfectly comfortable going another running back and then grabbing T.Y. as my number one at the turn going into that third round. If he makes it to you there, there's a good chance that he doesn't because everyone is now seeing, well, Andrew Luck is back. Andrew Andrew Luck is legit. Uh, I want the number one receiver, and it's T.Y., and there's nobody else there because now Deion Kane, hurt, gone, out for the season. Chester Rogers, Ryan Grant, right. any of those names tickle your fancy, Dan? Not in the slightest. So T.Y. Hilton's going to eat right. a lot on that offense yeah. as a wide receiver. What about, so we talked about running backs before, but what about this Marlon Mack? Any, any feelings, strong feelings on Marlon Mack? So I don't know what to think about uh, the running backs for the Colts. Um, it sounds like they want Mac to be the guy, but the two rookies seem to be also uh, favorites. Uh, you know, Jordan Wilkins I know is one a lot. Uh, a lot of people, experts out there, are touting as a, a good late round flyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mac left with a little bit of an injury, but I don't think it's anything major. Um, yeah, he hurt his hammy, Bob. <laughs> Slayed hammy. Slayed that hammy. So um, somebody's going to produce if Luck's healthy. I just don't know who, and I'm not sure if I just wouldn't take somebody later uh, in the draft, like uh, maybe Jordan Wilkins, but just as a little bit of an insurance policy. I got Marlon Mack is somebody who's on the rise for me, just because if just I mean it's the Andrew Luck factor. That's what it boils down to. If Luck's back, Luck's healthy, uh, give me as many players off that team within reason as I can get starters at least and you know, outside ty not really thrilled about any of those other receivers until somebody steps up uh, but marlon mack who they want to be the starter there i think you can probably get at a reasonable price what round do you think 12 so marlon mack is eighth round second pick naheem hines 12th round yeah. ninth pick jordan wilkins 13th round eighth pick so i mean if you get mack Grab Hines. Why not? I mean, at the, in those later rounds, like 12th round stuff like that, you're just trying to have somebody hit for you. Something's going to pay right. off. You, right. know, you could drop one once it you know, plays sure. itself out or just let him sit on sure. the bench. So, I mean, it sounds like we're uh, heating up on the Colts. Colts, for sure. So somebody I'm warming up to just because if he's healthy, he's proved he could be the number one at the position, Andrew Luck. Yeah? I mean... <laughs> It just is the health factor, and he's proven that he could do it. Um, you know, even with just having T.Y. Hilton, uh, they have Jack Doyle, Jack Eric Ebron. It's <laughs> a so. great name, Jack Doyle. <laughs> so, yeah, it sounds like a, like a sniper or something. <laughs> Jack and, Doyle, FBI. And Andrew Luck's going in the 10th round, third pick. So if you want to wait, I mean, that might be a guy that you can wait and grab right on him. on quarterback, and you're getting Andrew Luck? Yeah. And then, you know, maybe... Partner him up with like a big Ben uh, two or three rounds later, you know, Jared Goff, just in case he is injured. But yep. I mean, I'm warming up to him just because we've seen him, you know, produce it at MVP level. Yeah, and everyone was really kind of excited to see him come out and see whether the shoulder was back. The other thing that you're getting with Andrew Luck, and I don't know if people remember this because it's been a while since we've seen him play, uh, he's pretty good on his feet. Like he can scramble, <laughs> he can move around a little bit. Uh, I mean, he had some rushing touchdowns in the past, uh, you know, more like sneaks into the end zone you yep. know like long michael vick style runs or yep. sean watson style runs but he's a mobile quarterback uh so i think you're getting a lot if your guy in the 10th is andrew luck yeah. you know what i mean if that's your quarterback and you get him in the 10th you're pretty happy with that yep so is there anybody else that you're uh he's hitting up <laughs> getting warm to going into the draft next week dan uh qb wise i think somebody that i you know, if we're waiting on quarterback, somebody that if he's there, 
I'm grabbing him, Jimmy G. Yep. Uh, I think the even the limited preseason action that he saw, you saw why they were willing to give up what they did to get him. Uh, last year he had a great year. I know that he was there was concern that he was going to be a bust. Uh, but yeah, so I, I that was me. I voiced concerns that he yep. would be my bust. It was just the touchdown to interception ratio. Sure, was you know pretty much one to one almost. Right. So I think I had him mapped out. You know, based on his stats last year, would have been nineteen touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. Obviously, he has the talent to outproduce those numbers. Um, but I know, yeah, that was somebody that you had talked through uh, this weekend. Yeah, a, a lot. I mean, he is. Let's so okay. Last year, maybe the touchdown interception ratio wasn't very impressive. But he also was only there for the last half of the season. So he wasn't familiar with the players, the team, the system. Now he's had an entire year to prepare, an entire year with the coach. Uh, They're definitely giving him the weapons so he can be successful. Uh, I expect him, you know, although the the ratio is concerning uh, after the preseason game, Concerns are like kind of easing a little bit. Yep. I, I mean, where, what's his average draft? Position? He's two picks in front of luck. Two, two picks in front of luck. Tenth round, first pick of the tenth round. I mean, that's a good spot to get him. I mean, that's a bargain, uh, especially if we think luck's a bargain. Geez, at that point, I, I think. I mean, luck. I mean, looking at that, I think we both would say, "Who would you rather have, Jimmy G. Luck?" You'd say Luck, right? Uh, yeah, I'd prefer Luck myself. Sure. Um, but obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Obviously, I, I even said uh, to our man, Calway, um, he questioned my pick of uh, Jimmy G being a bust. And yep. I said, I would love to be proven wrong. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, they have the weapons out there. And um, one last guy, I'm just going to mention quickly, hope he gets healthy, uh, Matt Breda. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a shoulder concern. Sounds like he'll be ready for week one. But that's another guy that uh, I'm feeling a little about going into the dra- <laughs> going into the draft. So... Those are some players that, uh, as, a, as a group, we're warming up to. Heading what about into tight end? You got any tight ends? Um, no, not really, because I find like in the mock drafts that I'm doing, mm-hmm. I seem to run into like Travis Kelsey a lot, <laughs> and I <laughs> right. never take tight ends early, but I always end up having to like go onto the waiver wires. Sure. So if I can get Kelsey where I have been in the mock drafts that we've been doing, which is, you know, to me, a value, and I'm not going to share that information because other people in our league are listening. (laughs) Um, But I find myself wanting to take that chance and liking how my teams play out because I never get one of those elite tight ends. Right, and I think it's it's one of those things where if you have the chance to grab Gronk or Kelsey at a spot that you feel comfortable with, because you, you like how you're, the rest of your team's been playing out. And this is where mock drafting comes in so much handy. I mean, you're actually seeing where players are falling and stuff like that, so you can plan ahead. And shout out real quick, um, we love the Sleeper app. Um, Sleeper We don't have any affiliation with them. But the one thing that's nice about the Sleeper app that we've been doing mm-hmm. um, is we do keepers that we'll talk about. You can actually put the keepers into the spot. So, like, for instance, I always put Zeke... I'll talk about later as my third round pick so I can see how I plan my draft around yeah. having him in that spot. So a lot of flexibility with that tool. Like I said, we have no affiliation. Would we love to? Sure. But we always promote the Sleeper app, formerly SleeperBot. Uh, I noticed on their website, they also have formerly, and we kept calling it SleeperBot. So I feel like <laughs> I have to correct myself. But Yeah, it's it, I, the other thing is, is that you can do a slow draft with it. You know, like everybody has jobs. Everyone has stuff to do. Um, this week I might not be doing much of any work (laughs) (laughs) except getting prepared for the draft, but go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, it it lets you kind of sit it to the side and go do whatever you need to. And you come back and now you can pick and you can kind of see how things fall out. But what we're talking about before, if you can grab Gronk or Kelsey early or you feel comfortable and like the way that things are going to pan out for you, totally cool with that. So who's the tight end that, that you want to talk about? Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Trey Burton. I mean, he is uh, he is usually the fifth. Like yeah, I'll find I'll find him on the tight end off the board. Yeah, let me find him here for you, uh, based on ADP. I've got Trey Burton. Oh, it's still resetting, but I know in our um, drafts that we've been doing uh, on the sleeper app, it seems like right around the ninth, tenth yeah, round. Yeah, ninth. Like he's like that last one. If I do not go with Kelsey, where I normally have been getting him, that I have no problem just, okay, I think it's time to, to pick him up. And he's going 
Yeah, right around where we were drafting him. Ninth right, round, ninth, ninth round. pick. So the guys off the board before him, Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, Jimmy G, Jimmy Graham, yep. not Jimmy Garoppolo. Greg. Greg Olson. Uh, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, and Evan Ingram. Yeah. I mean, and then Jordan Reed's kind of like the guy left out after that. Yeah. But, I mean, this guy is somebody who people expect to make just kind of a huge leap this year. And they're... They went out and got him to bring him into the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would, I mean, I, I would not be shocked if, and even when when Ertz got hurt last year, he showed what he could do. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like this guy's an athletic monster. Uh, so if I can grab Trey Burton right in that ninth round, if I haven't had a t- tight end yet, like if I don't have a chance to get one of those big name guys, in fact, I'll wait. I would rather have kind of the boom potential of Burton over the kind of the solid guys like Olsen and Graham and things like that. Yeah, good point. So, yeah, those are just some guys that we're starting to rise on um, as we get closer to our draft next week. I would have said Ninjoku, but everybody already knows I'm a big Ninjoku fan. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was wondering if you would bring him up. (laughs) But uh, now we're going to talk about some players we're fading on, and, you know, maybe we're going into the draft uh, thanking this, Dan? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 So, yeah, these are players that we're going to go over that, uh, you know, maybe we're not even targeting in the draft. Uh, do you mind if I kick it off first? No, go for it. This is all based on the health of Doug Baldwin. Doug. If he's not healthy, I actually think I'm fading the entire Seahawks offense. Really? Even Russie? You love him. I, I, I just don't know who he's going to throw. I mean, he's right. going to have to really produce on the ground. Because really, you're, you're banking on Tyler Lockett, Ed Dixon. If, uh, if Doug's out, if uh, Doug's in, I change my stance. Um, but there seem to have been some back and forth. You know, came in with a knee injury. Pete Carroll doesn't seem to think it's a big deal. He might be ready for week one. Knowing that I have to draft next week and knowing that there's no clarity... I don't know if I can put my faith in Russ, which is weird to say because I feel like I've targeted him the past three years, I think. Yeah. But you're putting a mid-six-round pick into Russell Wilson, and I just would have concerns that poor offensive line, not really sure who the running game is going to be. Is it going to be Penny or Carson? Mm-hmm. Doug Baldwin's not healthy. Then you're left with Tyler Lockett, who is also never healthy. And your tight end's... Ed Dixon, you know, players like that don't do really too much for me. Mm-hmm. So at this point, without that clarity of Doug Baldwin's injury, I, I, I think I'm fading the entire Seahawks offense, which is weird for me to say. Yeah, because you, I mean, you were a huge Russell Wilson fan, so. Yep. I, I, I can get, I get that. Um, I still think Russ is going to get his. Like He's too talented. I mean, he had just Doug Baldwin. And he had Jimmy Graham last year. I get that. Yep. But there wasn't a running game there last year, really. Uh, And he put up big-time numbers, won us single-handedly several games. So (laughs) I get the concern with Doug, and I understand why you maybe are fading a little bit. Don't lose hope, Bob. I think think they'll be fine. I would be be happy if Russell was my quarterback still. Yeah, I just don't know with that draft capital. Last year I was able to get him almost towards the double-digit rounds because I think people were just turned off by the the year he had previously where he was injured. That had a lot to do with it. And he came back and produced as the number one fantasy quarterback. Right. So he definitely has the skill to. I just think Doug Baldwin is such a huge piece that with the uncertainty, I think I'm probably waiting on quarterbacks and grabbing you know some of the guys, like we said, four, maybe even five rounds later, like right. Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck. Philip Rivers, Big Ben, you know. So it's just sure. the draft capital and the uncertainty for me. So who's who's somebody that you're uh, fading on? Actually, it's the Seahawk too. Oh, uh, really? It's Rashad Penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Rashad Penny. I mean, and I think it's only because I'm uh, heating up on Chris Carson a little bit. Okay. I mean, it's one of those things where Carson is going super late if drafted at all. And everyone's grabbing Penny right in that sixth round because yep. everyone is on the Penny hype train. But everyone's all the news is Carson's the starter. Yep. I mean, he's got to show that he, Penny's got to earn it. I'm not wasting a sixth round pick on a guy who we're not even sure is going to get in the game and get a bunch of touches. Yep. So Rashad Penny, 
fading. Yep. Fading on you, my man. Yep. So, what about Marshawn Lynch, though, yesterday? Looked looked like a young man out there. Uh, that run he broke, even though it was uh, taken back by penalty, I, I don't get why people don't think he can't produce, though. Right. <laughs> I... I love Marshawn Lynch, and uh, definitely a guy I'm looking forward to uh, going into the drafts. Um, running back that I'm fading on um, is Kenyon Drake from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I think it's just the the draft capital and just really the uncertainty of the Dolphins in general. I always feel like every player's like hyped to be the greatest thing by the Miami Dolphins staff. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to the regular season. I'm talking to you, Devontae Parker. It just <laughs> never shows up. There were reports that they're thinking of also working Albert Wilson in, in the running back position somewhat, you know, making plays out of the backfield. You've got Frank Gore there, and you've got all this uncertainty. I just don't want to take the chance on Drake. Now, he tore it up last year at the yep. end of the year. Yep. But uh, as a fifth-round pick, fourth pick in the fifth round, all the uncertainty, Frank Gore is going to have a role. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just not warming up to Kenyon Drake. I, I haven't even looked at him in any of the mock drafts we've been doing. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, that's not even somebody I even considered drafting just because of the uncertainty there as well. Um, it, but who knows? I mean, he could be a nice little sleeper. Uh, the quarterback looked good. Uh, Tannehill. Looks like, Tannehill looks like he came back from that injury, uh, no problem. Uh, he was out there running around zinging it. So, you know, if they can get, I mean, and Tannehill's a decent quarterback. I mean, he showed that he can kind of uh, feed some fantasy monsters out there. Jarvis Landry, when he was down there, yep. was pretty darn good. Yep. But I just, I agree. Like, Devontae Parker, like, so much hype about him nonstop. Like, two years in a row, <laughs> everyone's like, this is the year Devontae makes the leap. This is the year. And then, yeah. I'll do a little, uh, voice. I'll do a little sound effect. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, give me a wide receiver uh, that maybe you're fading on a little bit. Uh, I think it's the entirety of the receiving core of the Denver Broncos. Okay. I mean, I get like it was a pretty vanilla showing of the offense, but at the same time, I was yeah. I think they might be going back to that running game that they used to have going like back in the day, like worked so well, and the receivers really weren't much uh, outside kind of those big names. But there's a lot of mouths to feed there, and. Like the Demarius Thomas is going in like the fourth round. Actually, he's yeah. Right now they have him first pick of the fifth. Could be the back of the fourth. So you're you're pretty much right on there. And then Emmanuel Sanders, second pick of the ninth round. Yeah, he Sanders. I think is a bargain pick for what he kind of brings to the table. But I mean, I'm not excited by the offense. I'm not necessarily thrilled with taking Demarius Thomas there in that fourth pick. I mean, I would rather have somebody like Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Allen Robinson. Yeah, let me give you some names here. So people that are being drafted right uh, around him, who would you take? Amari Cooper or Demarius? Amari Cooper. Josh Gordon or Demarius? Uh, I would probably take Demarius just because I'm worried Josh Gordon's not going to play. Yeah. But if Josh Gordon was in camp right now, was playing, I'm all in on Josh Gordon, especially after seeing how good Tyrod was playing. Yep. Give me Josh Gordon, without a doubt. Yep. One more. We brought him up earlier. Juju's going two picks after Demarius. Who do you want? Ooh, that's a tough one. Just because I almost want to say Demarius because he's the number one guy in the offense. So I feel like they'll feed him more. But if I'm looking for big big plate potential, Juju's definitely got that. But I probably would have to go Demarius. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to give some names that are going right around him as you're talking about him. Um, Yeah, you almost have to wonder, was Case Keenum's performance last year the new normal or was it just the aberration year? sure was it kind of like one of those like freak seasons where he just puts up monster numbers and now he went out and got himself a nice contract and now it's not the same yep. situation so i'll give you a wide receiver i'm fading on and i think we still hold out hope but the news out of camp doesn't look promising Martavis Bryant. Now, yeah. you're not putting very much draft capital into him uh he's gonna be a later round pick but word out of camp is he's really struggling with the playbook. Mm-hmm. And we really thought he had an opportunity to come in and assert himself. But it sounds like Jordy's still got some juice. Amari's the one. And if he's struggling with the playbook, um, you know, maybe a best ball flyer still. Right. Um, maybe someone you don't even, you just wait and see what happens and just lead him on the free agency uh, wire. And if he has 
you know, a couple things that hit real quick, maybe invest in some capital in them, but I'm not even, I'm not drafting him. If in a, in a redraft league, I'm not wasting, wasting a spot on him. I'm going somewhere with bigger upside, rookie, someone like that. Yeah, Martavis, we need you to learn the playbook. <laughs> well, I mean, the, there was news out of Oakland today where, like, in their 11-on-11, when he was running with the second team, like, had two long ball touchdowns, and Gruden's like, Martavis Bryant is not a good football player. He's a great football player, and we just need him to step up. So, I mean, hopefully, they have hopes ma- for him. Maybe, maybe Gruden motivates him, and, and this is, like, kind of the turn that he takes. And uh, But I agree. I, I would rather wait and see what happens with him than, you know, not waste the pick, but invest a pick in him before we see actually how it plays out. He needs to master that spider 2 Y banana. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was always brought up on the Gruden camp show. <laughs> spider 2 Y banana. <laughs> Any other players that you're uh, fading on heading into the draft, Dan? Eh, Carson Wentz. I mean, he is going so early in drafts. And, I mean, he's probably going to play week one. But there's no certainty. We talked about it. We talked about the blind resume. Like, he had a great year last year. But the injury concern is there. Uh, I mean, how much action is he getting in the preseason? Fifth pick for the seventh round. That's early. That's early. When, when Especially when you can get Andrew Luck in the tenth. So, there's a quarterback going three picks behind him. Who would you rather have, him or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Yeah, 100%. Cam Newton. Not even a question. Especially now when DJ Moore looks, like, legit. Like, I thought from the very beginning, when they grabbed DJ Moore in the draft, I go, he's going he's gonna to jump funches. Funch is a nice receiver, um, but I don't think that he has the same athletic talent that Moore has. Yep. And Moore showed that in the preseason, the first preseason game. Yep. So yeah, I'm with you. I just that's someone I'm rising on more. Like I, like those receivers, those second year receivers, like right at the end of your draft, where you're just hoping for somebody to boom for you. Sometime out, Moore, Ridley, Mike Williams from the Chargers. Yep. If any of those guys that's are guy available. We talked about. Late in your draft, I'm taking them because those are dudes who have the chance to be big parts of the offense. Yeah, so that gives you guys some insight. Uh, like I said, as we go into our League of Record draft uh, next weekend, um, that we're rising and fading a little bit. Um, so, Dan, let's transition since we do a keeper league. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about our keepers uh, for a minute. Um, let me explain sort of how we do it. So, the way we do keepers is you can keep a player at the round value that you drafted him in. If you trade, uh, it's the sort of the value of that player by end of season. Yep. And if you pick somebody off of waivers, we've set it really at a, like a seventh round value. Right, yeah. Um, Which is why Ryan gets Kamara in the seventh round. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe that. Yep. So... Um, Come you, know, on. you get to keep him for one year, and then he's back in the pool, so it gives players the ability to get people that they yep. maybe wanted but couldn't because of the uh, length of keepers. And then every three years, we sort of reset the league, uh, just do a clean draft, and then do the three years of key, you know one keeper a mm-hmm. year. So, Dan, um, who are you keeping, and give some reasons why you're keeping that player. So we talked about this kind of really early on when we first started doing the show, and we did a pool on it. Who should be my keeper? It would be Antonio Brown, who I got in the first round. Uh, but I am the seventh pick in our league of record. Uh, so that's a pretty good value. I mean, you see him going, you know, typically backs off the Third board. Third through fifth, somewhere in that the, range. Those first big backs off the board, and usually right after that, Antonio Brown. Yep. Uh, so a, a nice value, not a Greg value, but a pretty nice value. <laughs> yep. Uh, Gronk in a second, that's where he's going. There's no value in terms of the keeper. And the third was Leonard Fournette. And that is, everybody, it's official. I'm keeping Fournette. That's the keeper. So Fournette would cost you the seventh pick in the third round. So he's going back half of the first, maybe early second. Yeah. So you get a workhorse running back in the third round. Is Did it come down to just the, the value of the later round for him? Is the value that... of the later round. And the other thing it came down to is... Uh, just the value of the position itself. So when we're mocking and we're doing drafts, by the time I'm picking, I've either already grabbed another stud running back or uh, up. or a stud receiver and then grab another running back at the turn. 
Uh, knowing that I've got Fournette sitting there, kind of waiting in the wings to kind of lead my backfield, very nice to have that. It's a nice feeling, Bob. It gives you flexibility going into the first two rounds where you're just going to take probably the best players that are sitting right. there regardless of position. You don't feel the need to have to reach and say, I need another running back. Sure. And the other thing is, is that after kind of seeing who potentially other people were keeping, there was not enough running backs to go around. I mean, there were just not enough left. Trust me, I wish I could keep Antonio Brown. If I was the 10th pick in this league, I would be keeping Antonio Brown because I'm getting him the 10th and then I can grab somebody at the turn. But if I'm if I'm taking Antonio Brown, there's just too many running backs off the board already that I can't get anyone who makes me happy with how my team ends up. And that's why you do mock drafts. So I know you mocked with Antonio Brown as your keeper. Oh, and seven bunches of times. Yeah. Transitioned to Fournette and you just loved your roster construction better with Fournette in the third round. Well, I mean... I just wasn't getting any stud running backs. There was just no one there by the time it got back to me uh, that I was, was like very happy about in terms of you're leading my backfield. Yep. Uh, so I had, I mean, it kind of forced my hand a little bit, to be honest with you. Yep. Trust me, because I'm a homer. I get it. We call out that all the time. Steeler fans. And I won Antonio Brown. Favorite team, favorite player. But in the long run, I'm trying to win this thing, so i got to go for that. Yeah, so my keeper is also a third-round running back. The ninth pick of the third round, based on how it falls. Unbelievable. And he's actually my number one overall player going into the year because I just think the opportunity for him to work and work and work, it's Zeke Elliott. How we, gentlemen, how we let that happen, I will never forgive all of us. Collectively, I'm angry about it. Yeah, so I actually looked back at my draft. He was my best player drafted by far, even with the suspension. My first pick was Jordy Nelson. That didn't work too well. (laughs) My second round pick... Jay Ajayi. That didn't work out so well. Yikes. So this guy, I took a chance on him third round because there was a suspension scare. Played the, you know, multiple games to start the season. Got my team into a position where I could absorb him being gone for a couple games. Yep. Came right back for the playoffs and I was able to keep him in the third round. Yeah. It, was, it was not even a question. I mean, Thielen in the 11th. It's sort of entered. That's a pretty good bargain right there because he's like going in the third, fourth round now. Yep. But once, you know, I really looked into the situation, and like I said, he's my number one overall player. You're not giving him up. There was never a question. (laughs) Never a question. So, you know, sort sort of that's where it comes into play with our league, which is like how I like how we do the keepers is it's round based. Yeah. So you really do have to think about, and Dan, you had multiple people that you strongly considered. Mm hmm. And it was the combination of round value and player, which right. is why I like how we do it. And it, we limit it to one so that one keeper. So the league has a chance to be competitive every yeah. year. Yeah, everybody can get some of those big time players on their team. You don't feel like you're stuck where you had one bad draft and you're paying for it for yeah. X amount of right. years. So um, that gives a little insight. I do have one side question. I know you have a point. Do you want to go ahead? I just I I love the way that we do our keepers just because. Like, if you do the work, and but this Zeke pick, I can remember last year, everyone was just kind of looking at each other. Like, who's going to take who's him? Who's taking him? Who has who's, the balls to take him? Who is wasting a pick? Not necessarily wasting a pick. Who's, who's going early on him? Who's going early on him? And it came right down to you, and I was like, oh, I just remember everybody going, yeah, you jerk. Yeah, it's such a bargain. <laughs> so, I mean, he's like... He is one of the first four picks in every single time you mock. Yep. Every single time we mock. Whatever combination it is, it's Bell, Gurley, Zeke, Johnson. Those guys kind of interchange, kind of who you like more. Uh, I mean, I don't get surprised if people take Zeke number one. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not shocked by that. Yep. And now you're getting him in the third round. Ninth pick, so the back end. <laughs> Just to rub it in a little bit further. Sorry, guys. Ah, uh, uh, what but, a value. But yeah, so that's how we uh, do our keepers for our league. Just wanted to give some insight on how, who we're keeping and why. I do have a side question, Dan. I'm going to put you on the spot because I didn't discuss this, but I made a note of it because I've actually had some bad history with keepers. Yeah. Who's the worst keeper in our league you've ever you ever decided to keep? Like, who was one guy that stood out and was like, Adrian Peterson. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah. Is that the year he got suspended? Yep, yep. And just decimated your team? It. Yep, completely wasted it. Yeah, so mine I have written down, C.J. Spiller. <laughs> and this was C.J. Spiller. This was before we did the round based. Yeah, we would just you would lose a first round pick. So, right. You know, everybody loses a first round pick. Yep. 
I think he might have been like the 27th overall <laughs> running back at the end of the season. I mean, he at the time, I can see why. Because, I mean, he was a pretty electrifying player while he was in Buffalo. Uh, but, I mean, hindsight, yikes. L- looking back on it. <laughs> yeah, big swing and a miss there, Bobby. And I got burned on Allen Robinson, too. He was my second one after yep. his, I think, 14 touchdown season. Yep. I kept him. I think he cost me third round pick mm-hmm. based on the draft capital. And, yeah, that was also another. Yeah, <laughs> mine, mine is just Adrian Peterson. Eh? There's, it was the year he kind of was just out of the league. And I was like, okay, well, he'll just sit there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. So, yeah, that's just, like I said, some that's insight. A guy, that's a guy I'm surprised isn't getting a call from Washington, too. Great point. You know now what I mean? we talked about it. Like, like, why not give him a shot? I mean, he, he wasn't a he, le- like great last year. He had two but really he good games in Arizona. Some, yeah, he's got some pop left in those legs. Like, why aren't they even looking at some of those guys? And I think you probably can get them at a bargain yeah. because they're basically sitting at home waiting to get called. So yeah. why wouldn't you at least try out DeMarco, try out AP? Selfishly, I hope they do because he's on our dynasty team. That'd be a nice little uh, surprise <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, um, Dan, last thing I want to talk about, uh, we've plugged that we're going to be going to our draft. Uh, the next day week. is here, finally. Let's talk about sort of some things we do. I know people always uh, like to get together for drafts. What are some things that we do to make the draft fun? Maybe some pointers for people that are listening. I'm, I'm going to do just, I want to bring out the first one, if at all possible. Do a live draft with Absolutely. all of your league mates. Absolutely. We get a house. Um, we've been doing it for three years now. Uh, make a little weekend trip out of it with the boys. Um, we do our live draft with the Fancy Jocks uh, draft board kit. Yeah. Um, That's so fun to go out there and stick the sticker on the big board. I mean, that, was, that, that adds just a, a nice little flavor to it. The other thing that we added last year was uh, the microphone announcing. So you came up and... Uh, you know, everybody has a, a ridiculous name for their fantasy team, just to kind of inside joke, and ours is no different. My name's Todd Knapp. <laughs> and with uh, such and such pick, Todd Knapp chooses. I mean, it, it just, it's fun. I mean, it's great. It's a, it's funny. It's it's a good time. And to that, we inject the draft pick noise yep. that you hear on ESPN. Yep, yep. And right as you're picking, so we try to make it like an official draft feel. So if people are out there and have the possibility of doing a destination or a you know an offline draft um i highly recommend it i actually put that out there on twitter last week um and let me just try and find it um i just basically asked the question you know based on what we're talking about our drafts coming up how does everyone do their league drafts um it's either in person like we talked about or online and it was pretty much split down the middle 53 percent do online and 47 percent live some of the reason for online is just difficult when you have people living in different yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we totally get that. But we had one gentleman, uh, Big Baby Bets on Twitter, <laughs> said, I fly across the country to make it to my hometown 20-man redraft league live every year. 20-man? It's a good man to fly across the country. No kidding, right? And then, yeah, Raymond uh, also said, nothing beats a live draft. We agree. So that's one thing we do. What else do we do during the weekend, Dan, that uh, makes it fun? I mean, we just make a weekend out of it. I mean, we're up there. We're playing, uh, you know, football, two-in-touch, yard games, all that good stuff. Bocce, cornhole. Bocce, right. And that's, I mean, when as we get older, we don't really have a chance to kind of go and hang out, just us, just the guys, out for a weekend. Most of uh, us have kids. You know, yeah. so we it, live in different states. Sure, so. and it just—it's nice to get everyone together in the same spot, and you can sit there, catch up with each other, and at the same time, you all—you're all there to do work. Yeah, it's time to draft, and we all love the draft. I mean, it's something that I know all of us in this league and our redraft league are so excited about whenever it comes around. Yeah, once it's like a month out, you can see the group chat. Yeah, getting it goes started. through the roof, right? Yeah. So. One last thing we do, and if you remember from our introduction uh, episode, um, we bought a championship belt yep. for the league. And, you know, a lot of us are wrestling fans. We know it's not for everybody. So you <laughs> wrestling haters out there, we hear you. Um, but we instituted last year that the person that wins the championship has to come. Cut a promo. Cut a promo to start the draft yep. off. So, Steve, 
you better cut a promo right, and make it good because you last better. year we got to give it to seven eight one. Yeah, he came out guns a blazing. Kurt man. Angle, right? Singlet, American singlet, <laughs> yeah. had trophies for everybody. <laughs> cut a great heel promo yeah. on everybody. Gave us all participation trophies while he held the belt above his head, like, proclaiming his championship. And he deserves it, three time champ. So he gets the he gets the gloat. Yeah, but... he must be doing something right. I mean, he he definitely knows what he's doing. And I know, damn, we we're not sharing it here. But we talked about what ours is. Oh, we can share it now because that was so random. We were talking about it yesterday. Like, if we would have won, what would yours have been? Both of us were going to do Million Dollar Man. The million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> so we have different slants on it, you know, because obviously he had different teammates yeah. uh, during the year. So you were going to get IRS. Yeah, to... I was going to have a, a buddy of ours uh, see if he would do IRS. And I. Got an old briefcase from my grandma's house, and I was going to have him carry the belt in there. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed, and I don't even... If you know it already, I, I don't care, because I still want to do it if I win. You know, it, it's if it's not a surprise, oh well, it's still happening if I get that belt. Yep, and I also said the Million Dollar Man, but our good buddy Derek, who's in our league, I, I was going to ask him if I ever win to help play Virgil and, like, <laughs> throw money around with, yep. like... You know, Monopoly money with my face on it. Oh, that's great. So, like, this is the stuff that we do to make our league fun. So for anybody out there looking for pointers, it's really if you can get the whole crew together and do right. a live draft, make a weekend out of it. And I think this is what fantasy is about. Like, we talk about all the stats and stuff like that. It almost is like a business. But you're really there to have a good time. It's supposed to be fun. And if you're not enjoying yourself, if it's being frustrating, if it's, like, causing you so much stress in your life you can't handle it you shouldn't be playing it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be something you and your buddies can get together talk about and just enjoy yourselves yeah so with that in mind uh preview for our next week's uh episode everyone gets you all get to meet the whole redraft league yeah so i really think we're going to be able to put multiple episodes out that week so there's some characters that's for sure so the plans are we're going to uh interview every league member that's present um unfortunately our, our man Derek can't be there he uh for good reason. Just had his first daughter. Congratulations, um, so, buddy. Yeah, congrats, Derek. Um, but we will be having him uh, via Skype to the draft uh, to make him uh, a part of it as much as we can. But we're going to interview all of our league members, get some information from them, who their keepers are, why they kept them, just a little bit about their fantasy football background. Do so some that- live draft coverage, see how things shake out. I mean, what's really interesting about our league is, is that everybody knows what they're doing to some extent. And there are some wild cards. Just people who, like, you can do as many sleeper drafts as you want. Yep. But you could never predict what people are going to do draft-wise. Yep. And there's just, especially with some of the weird, crazy stuff that happens with Hard League. Uh, so, I mean, that's the one thing you can't prepare for. So the other thing is, is that uh, I think it will give people some really good insight into how our league runs and kind of the characters that we deal with every single day. And uh, also maybe it's a good idea of why you're keeping, who you're keeping, where you're keeping them at. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to be one episode. And then a second episode, we're going to actually cover the picks live. Yep. Might just do the first couple of rounds and then come back in and do a recap of the picks for a round. Um, but then, and Dan, this was brilliant last year. I think we're going to do post-draft grades. Yeah. And you roasted my brother's <laughs> yeah. team. Oh, boy. Was I might, wrong? He might have drafted wrong? one of the best teams yeah. in our league's history. He just got unfortunate in the playoffs. But Yeah, I got egg on my face. Oh, my one. God. So I think we're going to do post, uh, post-trade post graphs. I would have uh, definitely given him an F last year. I hated his team. And then he steamrolled everybody. Yeah, let me see if I can remember it off the top of my head. No. Lev Bell, first pick. <laughs> of course, I liked that pick. Todd Gurley, second round pick. That was the one I gave him a lot of crap for. For some reason, I don't know why, uh, it's because he had a bad year. He was coming off a bad season. I thought the hype was too much. Uh, I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. I accept that. Uh, but... You know what, Brad? I don't apologize. I stand by what I said. And then I think it was third round Doug Baldwin, fourth round Keenan Allen. So home run, home run, home run, home run. Brad, you get a on that that draft. That Keenan Allen pick was money. I mean, that worked out perfectly for him. I mean, that was one of the things that you don't ever expect 
you don't know who's going to hit and when they're going to hit, but boy, he just was like, boom, 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 right off that. So, yeah, I mean, that's something to look forward to. I, th- I think we're going to have multiple episodes covering our draft. Um, see who's getting an E. <laughs> so <laughs> just keep a uh, lookout on Twitter um, and get our information. But, Dan, let's go ahead and close out the show here. Yep. So once again, um, really happy to be part of the Fantasy Footballers as an affiliate. Um, we're very excited to join them, so keep a lookout for the link in our um, description for the podcast. It's worth it. It's worth it. You can always follow us at NotTakes, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F on Twitter and Instagram. We like to do a lot of polls, interact with people um, on both platforms. Um, once again, you can email us, thoughts, feedback, questions, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You can visit our homepage to find everywhere we're distributed or even listen and participate at anchor a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m slash not takes f-f you can even leave us voice messages on that app if you if you choose to and if you're listening on specifically apple Podcasts, please rate review and subscribe to the podcast uh, five star rating and review really helps the show um, if you're on spotify or anybody else once again subscribe you'll get the show as soon as we release it and Dan, why don't you give a shout out to Tom for the uh, intro and outro song yeah. you created for us. Tom, thank you so much for letting us use this for our show. Uh, I, I love this song. I do. I mean, I'm sitting here as you're uh, doing the outro and I'm air guitaring. So thank you, my man. All much. Great song. Yeah, so catch us next week. We're coming to you live from the draft uh, in our League of Records. So Let's Dan, get drafty. Yeah, I'll see you next week uh, in Seven Springs, man. Let's do it. Thanks for having me over this weekend. Absolutely. Anytime I'm in. Later. Later.